0: This is Envision Self Healing Podcast, episode number 62. Hi, I'm Will Fuller. And I'm Richard Miller. And we're the co-creators of EnvisionSelfHealing.com. And are dedicated in helping you improve your eyesight and quality of life by taking healing into your own hands. Now, if you haven't had a chance already, then don't forget to head over to the Envision Self-Healing website and get your hands on a free ebook that's got 10 top tips on how you can start improve your eyesight in our modern day world. The topic of the week this
1: week is eye strain symptoms. It's the second part of a, a series of podcasts on eye strain. And we have a question of the week coming from Facebook fan page that says, what supplements are good to improve eyesight? So Richard, how the world of self-healing been treating you this week? Well, I had uh, an experience at my eye doctor, which I haven't been to in a while. Okay, they let you in the building then. They did let me in the building. They didn't say, oh no, here comes that Richard, <laughs> that Envision guy. Well, they didn't know, uh, this, is, this is the optometry, UC Berkeley Optometry School. Uh-huh. And I don't tell them what I do there, basically, because mm-hmm. I don't want them to lynch me or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, See you on the news. Yeah, hung, I'll be hung up from the campanile on the campus in <laughs> yeah. the clock there. With a pair of glasses on. <laughs> 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 that would be insult. good. That would be good, yeah. <laughs> really strong glasses on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's ironic we're saying that. So, um, I went there to get. Uh, prescription for a telescope to drive with Mm -hmm. and i've done this before 25 years ago i drove with a telescope and uh, so i was going back to start the process over again okay Um, and the reason i stopped driving for people's uh, benefit of knowledge is i moved out of california where back then it was one of the few states that allowed for this driving with a bioptic telescope it's called bioptic driving Mm -hmm. anyway so i went to this school to get prescribed for this telescope. And uh, it was a plus and a minus day. So uh, the, f- the first thing that was very positive was, he. I, I was telling you this earlier, it's like, at some point he started to refer to me as, well, you could wear glasses, you don't have to, and you and I've never, this is the first time an optometrist used that as an option in my presence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it took me a while uh, to, f- because they, had they hadn't shown me my prescription. It took me a while to figure out, I think he says my prescription is so low I don't have to wear glasses, <laughs> according to the, my optometrist. Anyway, uh-huh. so after all the exam, you know, the long exam, in which I drove them crazy because I knew everything that they were doing <laughs> and asking about too many questions. And uh-huh. yeah, so how many like diopters questions. is that? And <laughs> They were like kind of glaring at me a little bit. Um, anyway, they came back with um, basically, all my astigmatism uh, and myopia is now to one or very close to one or less now.
0: Wow, fantastic! So, so
1: you it used to be around five. Yeah, it used to be about five. And that was years ago. Yeah, you got it down to around two. Two, uh, two mid twos for a while. Okay, and then more recently it was just below two, and I was wearing. I went. I bought a reduced prescription mm-hmm. to try that out, and I. Never wore them, basically. Uh Uh, That was about a year ago. I bought these reduced prescriptions just below two. Mm -hmm. Um, And then recently I picked them up, put them on, and they were so strong I couldn't Mm. couldn't wear them. And I'm like, wow, why are they so (laughs) strong? Well, now I know. I went to the exam and I had dropped another diopter. Fantastic. Both in
0: uh, myopia and astigmatism. So. Wow. So you're now around one, just a little bit under one.
1: Yeah. One eye is only uh, is a little under one, and the other one's slightly over one, and the astigmatism has dropped in my right eye to, to 0.5. So. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And that's a pretty
0: hefty drop from five down to one. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. So so now he's saying. And that you don't really need to wear glasses if you don't want. to. He was to. making it optional, you know. Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: And uh, the funny part about all this is that he pe- he came in and, and he was teaching these students about mm-hmm. you know it's an optometry school, so there was three students and a professor okay. uh, treating me, and he came in and authoritatively said, you, "This person's a low myope," you know, <laughs> you know. And and he felt like he pegged me Uh as a low, you know, the one myope or something like that. I didn't have the heart to tell him, but I used to be a five. So what what would you have said then, you know? (laughs) So, but I did think later that perhaps he really can look at the strain in someone's eyes Mm -hmm. and see that they're a higher myope. It's very possible. He's learned to see the stress in their eyes. And as the stress recedes, you're... Perceived as a lower myope, so it sort of supports what we do a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like that. Yeah So, okay, so the downside was I'm not quite up I'm on the edge of being able to drive acuity wise. hmm so it was kind of a disappointing day mm-hmm. but I'm treating it as a motivation to To work more so I can just get over that hurdle
0: fantastic to, to get a little better acuity. Yeah, so. try it's certainly a skill trying to turn disappointment or negative feelings from the doctor's office or the ophthalmologist and yeah. turn that around into motivation yeah and it certainly takes a few days to try and process it all and then mm-hmm. um, turn it into a right let's let's jump ahead on on this one and, and yeah. next time i go back i'll be seeing a little bit better on that eye chart exactly yeah nice. so that was my week that was a highlight of my week yeah, yeah although we worked a ton this week too yeah, so yeah, yeah it's yeah, been yeah. a busy week for us. Been, yeah How was your week? Yeah, good, good. I guess uh, as as you said there, it's been uh, it's been a pretty pretty busy week. Um, So uh, I guess that one of the things that really stood out for me this week was that I didn't get to spend as much time um, in the mornings to do my eye exercises. Even though I get up at five thirty in the morning, (laughs) it kind of means that there's you know you kind of shift the schedule around so that that then fits up that that morning gap, so even getting up at my, mo- my normal time at 5.30, because we were trying to fit more into the schedule than usual, then uh, it still meant that I wasn't necessarily getting to do my eye exercises. Right. So one thing that I noticed, that I, even though it's been a week, I'm not feeling any eye strain um, hmm. this week, even though I missed those eye exercises. And those that follow the podcast, well, that normally after about two days or so, I start to feel eye strain if I don't do my eye exercises. Mm-hmm. So I kind of reflected a little bit on my week and, and tried to figure out where that was mm. and sort of why um, I was able to still feel like I've got pretty healthy mm-hmm. uh, peripheral vision, not too much eye strain. And mm-hmm. in fact, the days were so long, but when it was getting to the evenings, I wasn't feeling that, that hmm. tired eye strain. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was amazed that I'd been you know, doing a 12, 14 hour day, but I didn't feel exhausted. Right. I mean, I was tired as soon as I hit the pillow, I fell asleep. But I didn't have that, that normal, drained, um, can't really think thoughts yeah. kind of feeling that I used to get previously um, before kind of expanding the, the periphery um, mm-hmm. and sort of getting that eye strain there. So I was really trying to figure out what that was. And I realized it was because I was spending a lot of time on public transit crossing across uh, San Francisco, yeah. the other side. So I was spending right. at least an hour an hour and a half on public transit uh, this week every day. So because of the integrated work that Richard and I try and encourage so much, I was getting about an hour, an hour and a half of peripheral vision exercises in my day. Uh, And I was really uh, being focused with that because I knew I wasn't getting in my morning dose of eye exercises. So it was that much more important. I made sure that the phone went away. I wasn't doing any emails or checking anything on the phone. Um, and I really was just spending that time looking forwards mm. and then allowing the movement to go past me. Yeah. Uh, and then as a sort of an added bonus now also on public transit, I try and use the lights that are above to mm-hmm. try and hold my focus above. And then I use any sort of uh, metal poles or anything that might be a bit shiny or, or right. something uh, below me to try and hold that lower peripheral vision right. yeah. as well. So. It, it was to, it was great because it was a real testament um, yeah. what we encourage here about integrating and not that I can just give up doing my eye exercises now as long as I spend that time on public transit but it means that when you have that waves right, we all kind of go through busy periods and then mm-hmm. it kind of quiets down a little bit and then busier again so it meant that in that time of I'm not going to say chaos let's say controlled chaos um, it meant that I was able to not necessarily have that time to do the eye exercises, but because I spent so much time focusing on integration, I didn't lose all the benefits yeah. um, that I was yeah. getting from that. And it meant that at the end of the week, instead of, instead of feeling strained and tired and mm-hmm. overworked in my eyes, I actually still feel, feel pretty good and fresh. Mm-hmm. So very, uh, very pleased about that. Good, yeah, very good. On that one.
1: Well, and it's funny you bring the bus thing up because I almost suggested to, we had a client from out of town who, need, who had to work on her periphery and I almost said, just get on the bus, don't worry about where you're going, to do the mm-hmm. eye exercises as, as a way of creating a motion in, in the periphery. Mm-hmm.
0: So you kind of were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Okay, great. Well, I think it's a good time to move on to topic of the week. Are you doing it
1: or am I? Uh, you do it. Okay. And the topic of the week this. I'll have to fix that let's do this again and the topic of the week this week is eye strain symptoms
0: and this kind of carries on from last week's podcast where we talked about what causes eye strain and uh, we're certainly noticing how much this is this is coming up for a lot of people and even though Richard and I spend a lot of time working with people with particular conditions and we normally Focus on people reducing and getting rid of their eye strain because of their condition. Right. We're finding more and more. We're just getting people from the general public that have no eye conditions at all, contacting us and trying to overcome the eye strain, which really has become a condition in itself now. Right. Um, and
1: uh, yeah, in researching this podcast, we uh, you went online and looked for the American Optometric Association's mm-hmm. take on yeah. eye strain, right? Mm-hmm. And they now seem to be agreeing with what we would come up with as well. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they're almost calling it a condition almost now. That
0: yeah. I mean, I guess you could see it as repetitive strain. Right. Injury, just, uh, just like anything uh, with the body. If you overuse it, um, then it eventually tightens up and stiffens and fatigues. Right. So repetitive strain injury, that's what we're doing with our eyes. Um, and there's also the separate side of it that's probably more common that you'll see, which is CVS, which is computer vision syndrome. Right. Um, But the reason why we're not just addressing computer vision syndrome straight away is because it's important to identify that it's not just the computer Mm -hmm. that causes eye strain. And we're lucky that uh, ophthalmology and and more mainstream uh, medicine is starting to take this on board a little bit more and acknowledging that how excessive near work and poor environments are certainly contributing to eye strain and causing poor vision.
1: and we, we were very pleased when we did the research for this, that they're accepting uh, poor circulation as even mm-hmm. a, a, a yeah. an issue to deal with, which mm-hmm. I don't think they had ever dealt with
0: before. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's great to see that, uh, that the, the rest of the world is catching up. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the Western world is catching up. Anyway. Well, I mean, the reality is we studied
1: with a man who um, basically found this stuff out through his own experience. He mm-hmm. didn't have to I mean, he does study science, but he, mm-hmm. he, he, it's based on his own experience. Yeah. And then he passed on to us, and we're, we, we know it from our own experience as yeah. well. So
0: Almost yeah. like studying in the field yeah. instead of just studying the textbooks. Yeah. Uh, which anyone that has worked in a company that somebody comes straight from college uh, with no real uh, yeah. experience yeah. in the field and then uh, just starts making judgments, then it can be a little bit tough. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's great to see that sort of eye strain is being highlighted. A lot more there so but what we want to discuss today is kind of the symptoms of eye strain mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse than Than having eye strain or any particular strain but not know anything About it
1: right and and this is where we, we took the list from the American Optometric Society added a little to our cell, our mm-hmm. own stuff to it mm-hmm. and then we realized hey there, you know, you can actually explain these symptoms based on the causes we went through. Mm-hmm. So some of the symptoms, so the first symptoms they list and we would list is uh, red, let's just call them all together, red eyes, itchy eyes, uh, dry eyes, which then can become watery eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to explain why those are together, dry and watery. Um, and maybe you can explain that. But those are all, I would say, are all coming from the lack of blinking and mm-hmm. the staring at stuff.
0: And remember before we talked about, um, in the previous podcast, uh, what causes eye strain, we talked about how when you're reading uh, anything, then it means that your blinking rate halves. So we're meant to be blinking between 15 and 20 times or 25 times in a minute. Uh, But we half that, or the average person is half of that in their daily uh, world, so that's probably only about 12. And then we half that again when we're reading. And uh, we're very quick to forget how important blinking really is for our eyes. It's mm-hmm. what lubricates the eyes um, with the different uh, glands there in the, in the eyelids that secrete um, oil and water oh, yeah. and, and everything that allows the eye to stay healthy and, and kind of refreshed, almost like a, a fish out of water or something. Yeah. You kind of have to keep splashing water on it in, in order to keep it Healthy, and, and of course, the, the eye, it also gives a form of protection there as well mm-hmm. to the eye. So we have the tear film that is protecting our eyes um, all the time that we're blinking regularly. And when we stare, and if we add a bit of stress and anxiety in there as well, and we're only blinking maybe five times a minute, a quarter mm-hmm. of what we should be doing, then it doesn't take long to see how we could start feeling dry eyes because we're not refreshing that liquid quick enough. If it's dry, then we know it's going to start getting feeling a little bit itchy, like an mm-hmm. itchy sensation that you yeah. get there. Um, and then that's obviously going to make it sore, mm-hmm. um, so you kind of get that, that red eye, right. itchy red eye sensation. And We have got a lot of uh, emails about dry, itchy eyes, mm-hmm. and um, certainly people suggest to use artificial tears. Uh, we recommend you use your own. Yeah, they're right uh, there. <laughs> Instead of borrowing someone else's. Uh, yeah. and, there, and there are particular conditions where you, you, you do need um, artificial, or uh, well they could certainly help artificial tears. Maybe you've had surgery on the eye or whatnot and the eyelid isn't necessarily closing properly. But if this is just from where that you're sitting at the computer uh, and you're not blinking enough, then it just makes sense that the, um, I want to say serum, but that wouldn't be the right thing, the way to counteract that would uh, would be to blink. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very, very common sense there. So when you're blinking more, it means your eyes are more lubricated, they're not as dry, they're not as itchy. Um, and then the thing with the watery eyes, you could even experiment, well we don't encourage experimenting this, <laughs> um, but if you just stare at something long enough, then you kind of force a blink. Right. Uh, and that's because the tear film there becomes so dry that it kind of breaks on the eye. Um, and it causes the the eyes to sort of send a, a flood of water because you've broken that tear film, like a, a rush to try and really lubricate the eyes. There, mm-hmm. so um, yeah, the the dry eyes, uh, the watery eyes. That's why it's kind of yeah. similar there. Um, but then it's the itchy red eyes is also because yeah, of
1: that. yeah. And the, the watery eyes is in some ways a progression from the dry eyes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so then another uh, category of symptoms that they listed and that we put together uh, that are around muscle tension and poor posture uh, when you're at a computer or reading or, or any time you're using your eyes with poor posture would be headaches, and, and we added shoulder tension, just sort of tension and uh, pain in the whole upper area around the eyes. Uh, we would say, as a result of Improper use of the muscles, so using your facial muscles, or just poor posture. Mm-hmm. So that's the headaches
0: and sore shoulders as symptoms of eye strain. Yeah, you could imagine if you're sitting in front of a computer for a long time, your eyes your eyes start getting tired, and we'll talk about this in a bit. Then instead of resting the eyes, so that when you come back your eyes are allowed to focus better, we start using the facial muscles right. to squint um, and use them to try and make up for the tiredness. Just like those people that you see in the gym um, that, are, that are lifting weights, in particular free weights, and uh, once, they, once their biceps, let's say, start getting tired, then they start swaying forwards and backwards. They're trying to compensate ah. for the weakness there in the, in the arms by using the upper body oh, yeah. because you, you kind of pull the arm up by, by uh, arching the lower back. Yeah. So obviously a, a very dangerous thing to do with weights, but it's, it's the same thing when our eyes start to fatigue. Um, we try and use our facial muscles to compensate for that weakness. So that's kind of that scouring. Um, or indeed, if you're trying to keep your eyes alert, then you kind of expand your eyes open, and that's where you kind of get those uh, wrinkles on the forehead there. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you are spending money on lots of moisturisers, uh, or indeed you want to stay youthful for as long as possible, uh, then certainly by avoiding the crinkling of the forehead there, then, uh, then you'll last yep. a little bit longer in that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so where you're also saying with the headaches there, you can imagine then with that excess strain that it's all going up around the, the forehead area and also you've got the side here, around the side of the head, which is the muscle that's connected to the jaw, oh, yeah. so just like Richard was saying with the tightness with the shoulders, we also get tightness in the jaw if we're kind of staring or we're very centrally focused Then we're all tight in the middle instead of being relaxed uh, out in the periphery there. So the jaw becomes affected by that and becomes very tight, so you kind of, a lot of you can just feel now, if you feel in the side of the jaw area there, the just, just underneath the earlobe a little bit to the front, you'll feel uh, probably some tension there if you're somebody that, that suffers from that. But then the muscle is actually in the, for, in the side of the head, the temple area of the head, so tension up there as well is also going to lead to headaches. Yep, definitely. Uh, oh, and th-
1: another symptom. Can we move on to the next symptom? You yeah. Can do, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit maybe about tension in the neck and shoulders? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, tension in the neck and shoulders it, is really from again uh, poor visual posture. So a lot of the time we're sh- we're leaning our head forward. Ooh, that hurts. To even <laughs> show you to do that, um, you're leaning your head forward, which is creating a, a strain on the back muscles of the neck. Um, it's just like your head is no longer um, sitting properly on your spine. It's mm-hmm. leaning forward and that's a huge weight that you're trying to hold up with the ma- muscles mm-hmm. on the back of your neck. And then often you'll then tighten the muscles on the side of the neck to stabilize the whole thing. Yeah.
0: And uh, you basically now got tension all around your neck. Yeah, you could think about it. We're meant to be moving our head around. If you ever watch, uh, go to the zoo and watch an animal, or if you're lucky <laughs> enough to have animals in your backyard, um, then notice that they never stare forward very rarely. They, they mm. tend to always be moving their head around, where if you think that if you're staring in front of a computer or a book or something, or even watching TV, it's very centrally focused, it's just those mm-hmm. muscles there. Uh, and you also find a lot of people tend to raise their shoulders. Up. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, we say that you're wearing your shoulders as earrings, uh, and that's sometimes to do with, with the the typing keyboard, yeah. or indeed just subconscious tension because you're so focused in what you're reading there, you're not in tune with what your body is doing, so we kind of raise the shoulders up. Now, you could imagine all that tension in the shoulders and neck, and we're reducing the amount of blood flow right to the eyes, which of course, if you're not getting enough blood flow to the eyes, not enough oxygen, then that's gonna fatigue it. In right. itself, that's you to have fatig- maximum blood flow.
1: Yeah, that'll fatigue your entire visual system, mm-hmm. not having enough oxygen or nutrients.
0: And that's just common sense uh, with any uh, muscle. Uh, if you're not getting enough uh, oxygen to it, then you don't get that process of rejuvenation, so the muscle becomes fatigued. So it's not like this is exclusive to the eye, and it's, yeah. not, it's not like, all oh, the, the, these guys have got this, this special knowledge that no one knows about. Yeah. Just look at any textbook about how muscles work and how cells work and you know that they have to have a good supply of oxygen and they also need that delivery system that's going to take the waste away Mm -hmm. um, as well as take the nutrients to it. So tension there means you're not getting enough blood flow and in time that's just going to lead to fatigue.
1: Well, and actually, we would believe it leads to, condition, leads to conditions as well, more serious conditions. Mm-hmm. But that's another podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> so you can see then how this all leads to another symptom, which is difficulty focusing. Right. And then we would add in one other piece of the anatomy, which is the uh, muscle around the lens that's squeezing the lens to focus to round the lens. So you can mm-hmm. focus close, which is what we're doing when we're most of the time when we're doing, getting ice rain, we're focusing close. So... You've done all this tension in your neck, your forehead, uh, you're not blinking, and now you add the, the tiredness in the muscle that focuses the lens. And no surprise, your eye has trouble focusing, <laughs> uh, troubles trouble using that tired, sore
0: mm-hmm. and stiff muscle uh, to focus. Yeah, I wonder if a, a good gauge um, should be for us to tell people that when you're reading or using the computer or anything, um, it's just to stand on one leg. And when your leg starts feeling tired that's when you need to go and take a break (laughs) yeah because it's the same thing (laughs) right yeah it's it's the muscle fibers becoming tired uh, that are in the eye that are contracting in order to round the lens for you to focus well you can't hold that all day without resting it muscles aren't designed to do that and we know even just from our shoulders and, and jaw and neck that when you force it to stay in that position for a long period of time then the muscles stiffen up and hold in that position and then that's where you get things like pseudomyopia right. um, or exacerbate the chances of presbyopia right. as you go along. <clears throat> and just to add a little more,
1: the, when you're looking close, you're using these internal um, nasal oc- extraocular muscles, the ones that turn your eyes in. So that's, there's muscle fatigue mm-hmm. there sometimes too.
0: So instead of just saying trouble focusing, uh, it certainly helps us a lot more when we understand that it's a muscular issue that right. is preventing us focusing probably also along with mental strain as well right? and just tiredness there because a lot of our vision does come from the brain so but by understanding these in a lot more detail then it's going to help you understand why you should take those sort of regular breaks Mm -hmm. um, from the computer instead of just holding it close all the time.
1: I did come up with one last symptom that I forgot about then is the and and this is the American Optometric Association mentioned this as well, as light sensitivity. So after all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. strain, then you go outside and you're like, whoa, it's so bright (laughs) out here. Yeah. And that is a symptom of strain. Ironically, we also would say uh, you're um, staying away from
0: sunlight could Mm -hmm. be leading to strain too. And I'm not sure they would say that, but we do. Spending your time indoors, you're not really adapting to that sunlight, yeah. um, but certainly if all those structures in the eye are fatigued and tired, the muscles are tired, because the eye has its own natural um, ability to not strain in sunlight, it's something that we've developed with blinking at the front of the eye and then the pupil constricting so mm-hmm. you're reducing less eye, uh, and then the lens can filter out the light, and then the, the, the back of the eye and the retina itself is all developed so that we can adjust sunlight Mm -hmm. but you can imagine if all those components of the eyes have been fatigued and overused just from staring all the time and working from near yeah um, then you could imagine how it's then difficult when you go out in that sunlight but I'm pretty sure as well if you sit inside an office for 12 hours and then go out exactly the sunlight if if you didn't strain your eyes at all (laughs) you would still be going whoa
1: to the sunlight (laughs) so
0: yeah that's a good one but we certainly do notice people that come to us with conditions one reason why they do struggle with being outside is because their eyes are overworked right. and fatigued. Right. Um, so certainly we're, we're talking here a lot about near work, but just like what we talked about last week, about the causes of it, about misuse, overuse, uh, underbalanced, not adapting to sunlight. That's all part of what we're talking about here, about those symptoms.
1: Ah, yeah, and then they do mention the words, and again, AOA, tired eyes as a symptom, which is kind mm-hmm. of a vague, like, Tired eyes. Tired, sore, eyes, towards yeah, sore which is, eyes. I guess,
0: what we're talking about when we use the word fatigued. Yeah. I guess.
1: Um, and I realize, again, we could add why a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Another why that we haven't mentioned yet, which is the improper um, a lack of balance between the central vision and the periphery. Mm-hmm. So again, when we're straining our eyes, we're overusing the, perf- uh, the central vision. Mm-hmm and having an unbalanced visual system. Yeah. So that's another reason for tired eyes.
0: And you could imagine if you're not resting them at all because um, once you finish with your work during the day, you then go home, watch TV, read yeah. a book, um, whatever it is, check, uh, look people up on Facebook, um, then you're just continuously using the eyes, you're not giving them that rest. Right. So if you just do that over, it'd be like exercising all day every day and they're never resting, it's just detrimental, you're fatiguing right. the muscles, uh, and eventually you're just forced to stop. And that's what all these symptoms are, it's your eyes, your brain, and your body telling you, you need to stop, you're working us too hard, and we're gonna let you know about it. Yeah. Uh, and they do that by being dry, and the headaches, and the fatigue. It's your own body telling you, you need to stop and rest. And we just live in a, a, this modern day society of if I'm tired, Caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> or some uh, some aspirin yeah. and uh, some fake tears. Yeah. With the fake tears <laughs> 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 or there's something wrong with me. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Why, why can't I sit and, and work for 15 hours? Why yeah. am I getting tired? Yeah. Um, when obviously that wasn't what our eyes were and mine was even designed to do. Yeah. We were meant to be resting. So yeah. instead of just seeking um, to try and defeat nature and overcome our, our own body's natural mm. ability to tell us that. Sore, fatigued, and overworked, and then you need to start looking at how you can then prevent and uh, treat eye strain, which is certainly what we're going to be looking at next week. Exactly, a little bit more exactly. So, I think that's a good time to move on to question of the week.
1: And the question of the week this week comes from our Facebook fan page, and it's a, a someone who wants to know what are the best supplements to uh, give nutrition to the eyes. I added that nutrition to the eyes. (laughs) I think he just wants to know what supplements should I
0: take for my eyes. So So, uh, certainly uh, a common question again and what we would like to point to is the podcast series that we did on nutrition, on juicing and smoothies Um, because we would certainly prefer people to be getting the nutrients naturally in their diet first and then think about supplementation on top of that.
1: Right, because the, if we named the chemicals that you need for your body, they would be uh, lutein, um, a zeaxanthin, and vitamin A, beta, beta, car- beta carotenes, however mm-hmm. you say that. yeah. Um, and those are all within the juicing realm. Yeah. I mean, that's very much what you get from mm-hmm. juicing uh, green leafy vegetables or carrots for the beta carotenes mm-hmm. um, and the vitamin A. So it's not that
0: difficult to get those, really. No, no. And, and as long as you sort of get your, your dark leafy green vegetables and you, yeah. get, and you have your coloured fruits and vegetables, I mean, it, it just makes sense. Something that's appealing to the eyes is something that's full of colour mm-hmm. um, and a mixture there between the greens and then the the nice, brightly coloured there. Um, so there's a reason why we're attracted to that. Yeah, um, I like that, yeah. And it's because, you know, we, we've evolved to want to desire these bright colours and, and, and fresh-looking greens, uh, it's attracted to us for a reason, because it's actually good for us. Right. Uh, as opposed to, I guess, now, <laughs> people, when they see a greasy burger on advertisement <laughs> uh, for a, for a fast-food restaurant that we seem to have uh, flipped a little bit there, and now we, find that, uh, we find that more appealing. It's true. Uh, than, than the nice, bright colours. But if you think about uh, previous... Um, maybe before the last fifty years, um, then we were sort of attracted to those bright colours. Um, yeah. So and it makes sense because that's what is good for us and also good for our eyes. So for then the supplements, then um, you really want to look at um, first of all how you can start incorporating into your diet. If you have a particular condition uh, that maybe your orthomolester off- or yourself think that you then want to supplement then you can look out for those key uh, elements and nutrients uh, and then supplement that way. But we do certainly recommend that you consult uh, with your ophthalmologist or a nutritionist about whether you should be supplementing that in your diet first. Uh, with your yeah, and if you're looking for Z as Anthem,
1: it starts with an X. We'll just give them that clue. <laughs> you can figure out the rest of the spelling, but uh, it starts with an X so you're not looking under Z. But uh, Yeah. So basically you could get them with real foods mm-hmm. Uh, I was thinking how you're talking about colours, it's like the pills aren't very
0: colourful are they, they're just sort of a white <laughs> yeah. gelatin looking thing. So. Yeah, yeah. and in okay. fact I think, um, I don't know, it's it's orange squash, you don't have that in America, but in the UK we have sort of concentrated orange that you don't dilute. And I know they add that orange as a dye, um, because uh. people don't associate orange with, I think it's meant to be sort of a grey colour. Um, but they add dye to it because that's what we're attracted to. Well, they do, do that, that. Right. and I think I also heard—I don't know if this is true or not they inject color into some fruits um, to make it they look more They do, they do, yeah. Um, so it's <laughs> better for you. Yeah, that's why we eat organic. Yeah. So uh, the podcast that we're talking about here is uh, podcast number 24, mm-hmm. um, and it's about nutrition uh, that's good for your eyesight or eating your way to better eyesight. There's a couple there, so certainly. Head back there to number 24 and we did a couple of series so we can talk a, your listen a little bit more about where you can get the uh, nutrients uh, and then indeed you can find out a little bit more about supplementing it on top yep okay great well we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast if you want to get a lot more information on eye exercises and how you can start improving your eyesight then head over to envisionselfhealing.com and you'll find some exercises there that you can start doing and if you know the particular condition that you have then go to the conditions tab and you'll find some preset exercises that we've written for you so that you don't have to be messing around wasting time looking for the eye exercises and you can just start doing them straight away if you haven't done then check out the free ebook a modern day guide for improving eyesight where we do go through some more basics on how these eye exercises can help you and indeed how our modern day life is affecting us just like eye strain and what you can do to start overcoming our modern day world uh, and indeed some of the issues that it's causing to us. You can also uh, head over to our Facebook fan page just type in Envision Self Healing into Facebook and uh, you will see us there, like our fan page and uh, share, the, share the wealth, share the uh, knowledge uh, that we've got going there on that page and feel free to interact with us over there. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening on iTunes then subscribe to us and also like and share that as well. Um, to help as many people out as possible with this information that we're sharing. Okay, great. Well, good luck with your eye exercises this week, everybody, and happy healing. And have a good week.